Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, everybody, welcome back into Six Rings and Football Things here on WEEI and for Odyssey Sports. I am Mike Cadlick down here at Gillette Stadium, back with our beat reporter check-in, our weekly beat reporter check-in, and today I have none other than Patriots.com's Evan Lazar, somebody who I've known for a few years now, but I think this is the first time we've actually ever done content together, Evan. So the first, we, I think we've done a, a podcast on on Clinus as we as we call oh it, yeah maybe once or twice, That's but fair. on EEI, I think this might be the first time. Yeah, well, welcome in. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on here. Thanks of for uh, being our weekly guest. So what we do here, um, I'll explain it to Evan. But as I'm sure our listeners know, quick check in every week down at Foxborough. Sometimes it's Andy Hart. Sometimes it's myself. Um, getting a quick state of the Patriots, figuring out where this team is at. Obviously, struggling here at 2-8 and eight on the bye week. Um, Evan, I want to get your thoughts. Um, obviously, sunshine.com, I know you can, you, can, you can tell us what you think, but uh, we'll, try and, we'll try and be nice about it um, <laughs> from the Patriots.com view. But just, I know you and, uh, you and Alex have done it on Catch-22 a few times. Um, I've seen you kind of written about... Um, where this team is going to go moving forward. Obviously, we'll, we'll get to where they are now with with two and eight and what they can do this season in a second. But um, just your thoughts, I guess, on where this team is going to go post twenty twenty three. Quick state of the Patriots. Obviously, coach in question, quarterback in question. Um, what do you think this team does moving forward, and how can they sort of right the ship after this season? It's a good question, and I, I think that 
not a sunshine.com thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think that in some respects, I do want to see how the last seven games of the season look because it, as much as we want to have knee jerk reactions and we have a show today and we, we all understand the direction the team is going in and it's not a positive one. And I, for one, just from a philosophical standpoint, disagree with a lot of things that this team has done sure. personnel wise. And I, I really feel like the league is going so much more toward offensive minded, modern age type of thinking of player empowerment and just trying to light up the scoreboard. And I know scoring's down, but I, I think all that's kind of anecdotal, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, if you don't have a great passing offense led by usually a great quarterback, but it can also be the the Niners Brock Purdy model as well. Yep. But if you don't have an elite passing offense, you're not winning in the in the league nowadays. And until this organization decides that everything is going to be sunk into the offense, and when I say everything, I, I don't mean everything, but a lot of things mm-hmm. are in terms of high end assets are going to be sunk into the offense. I, I think they're going to be sunk. I, right. I don't think that they're going to be able to compete. But that being said, who knows what could happen post by if they rattle off se- seven straight wins, six to seven, something like that. And it looks completely different that we have to adjust our thinking. Fair. The odds of that happening are probably like 1%, but it's still a right. Pos- it is a possibility. It's a possibility. So, so I, I'm still wanting to see how the end of the season goes i'm not an in-season firing type of guy when it comes to belichick so let's see how it ends if it ends on this downward slope then i think we all know where this is headed which is a whole new regime so i think um i think we're in a similar mindset there as far as like and even i think you you tweeted sort of a short list of your head coaching candidates should they move always evolving yeah yeah. Yeah. always evolving i mean same here but um i think the thing i noticed in sort of my line of thinking on this is it's got to be an awesome. It has to be an offensive coach because right now it feels like it's sort of second priority is the offense and yeah. kind of everything's re- you know relying on the defense. Three defensive picks in the first three, um, first two three rounds last season, uh, and then you look at even like the way I look at it, Evan is if you have a defensive head coach, you have an offensive coordinator around the offense, and then they're if they do a good job, they're going to get hired away, yeah. and then the uh, you have to sort of bring in a whole new regime offensively where if you have an offensive head or an offensive head coach they run the system they bring in their quarterback that can stay for years to come and offense whether you whether you whether people like it or not offense is sort of the more important side of the ball right now in the nfl right now so um i think that's the way they're gonna have to go um but I mean, would you say you'd agree with that? That's kind of- I, I, for the most part, do. I, I still give Gerard Mayo an interview and still Fair. give him a chance. I think from what I've heard about Gerard Mayo is that he does see where the league is trending and the fact that the league is trending towards offense. And he, I don't think that he is going to try to win games 13 to 10. I think he's going to recognize that we're going to compete on defense, but we're going to have to have a driving force offensively. But what you said, I I think is well said. And that is that you're developing offense and developing your quarterback specifically is priority number one for every single team. And if that quarterback has a different guy in his ear every other year, then it's going to be dicey. Once you get to Brady's level of like, you know, Oh seven and on, he has that, foundation he's already tom brady so whether you're cycling through offensive coordinators or not at that point it's not really uh nor not here nor there but in the first couple years of the quarterback's development it has to be one voice and it has to be a good voice and i think we're going to see across the league buffalo is a great example they you know brian dable gets hired away 
their offense is taking a step back. Let's see in Houston, because one of my guys is, is Bobby Slowick, their mm-hmm. offensive coordinator who came from San Francisco at D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans, defensive-minded head coach. If Bobby Slowick gets an offensive uh, head coaching job as their offensive coordinator with C.J. Stroud, that what happens to their offense? What right. happens to C.J. Stroud? If that goes downhill too, then I think we're really going to be in a world where you need to pluck the best offensive play caller, the best quarterback guru that you can find, and that's just going to be everybody's head coach. Right, right. And I think there was sort of this negative connotation around the friend of Sean McVay hiring scheme. but that, yeah. and, and again, not doing that exactly, but that type of offensive guy, build it around him, seems to be the way that this league is going. And I think that sort of has to be the recipe here. And so um, you mentioned if you get have a guy in a quarterback's year three different times in three different years, that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. That's where we're at now with Mac Jones. That's yeah. where we're at with the Patriots. Uh, week 12, 2023. So um, right now, Bill Belichick is being mum about the quarterback starting quarterback position. So is Mac Jones. So is Will Greer. We haven't talked to Bailey Zappi yet. Um, in your mind, I know we, we don't really know anything, but what do you think they'll do this Sunday against the Giants? And personally, what do you think they should do this Sunday at quarterback against the Giants? Yeah, so what it's I sort th- of two different questions. It is, I and I, what I think they will do, mm-hmm. I think Mac will start this game. Okay, I, just from what we've seen, and and all we can go off of is what we've seen, and it's very brief that the time that we have at practice. And I'm not trying to sit here and say we get to watch the whole practice <laughs> right. and we know exactly what's going on. They could be giving Mac in the first. He could be leading off drills, and then we go away, and he's standing and watching for the rest of the practice. Like who knows? Right. But I just feel like everything is pointed towards Mac probably getting the start with a short leash. Personally, I would sit Mac, and I think that it's two things. One, you have to look at his long term development and what's best for his career long term. Whether you're done with him or not, here with the Patriots. It just doesn't behoove him to throw him back out there in his current mental state. Right. I would also say that this matchup in particular against Wink and Martindale and the Giants defense, they're going to bring a lot of pressure. That's what they do. They blitz more than any other defense in the NFL, pretty much, besides the Minnesota Vikings. They're going to bring a lot of blitz pressure. Uh, they have some good guys up front like Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau that can get after the quarterback. And you're putting a quarterback that's, already throwing off his back foot, that's already seeing ghosts, that already has no poison in the pocket, and now you're going to put him against a coordinator that loves to bring the heat. And that just, to me, seems like, how can you expect Mac Jones to succeed? Like, how can you expect him to play a good football game on Sunday against a defense that you know is going to bring a lot of blitz pressure? That just doesn't really seem like a great formula. So I would sit him, I would see if a mental reset could do him some good. Assuming that Bailey Zappi doesn't go into the game and light the world on fire, I would plan on going back to Mac Jones in a couple weeks, maybe even just next week against the Chargers. Sure. Uh, but in general, I, I just don't think that this is a great spot for Mac Jones, given what we saw last in Germany. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, so Zappi or Greer? I would go Zappi. Okay. I think that, look, I've been pretty, I've pushed back a lot on Zappi, especially last year. Yeah what he did in those two games and the two starts that he had. But at this point, he did win two games as a starter last year. Granted, I think there was a ton of context that needed to be said about the how it oh, yeah. came about, the play action The defenses stuff, they played as well. The like. defenses they went up against, all that kind of stuff. But when he was in there last year, they were more productive offensively. So let's see, not necessarily 
about him as the future starting quarterback of this team, uh, but can he be a functional backup for this team uh, for Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Penix, whoever? Uh, can he be a bridge guy? You know, if they don't want to start their first round quarterback right out of the gate next year, is he somebody that can keep the seat warm yep. for a month? You know, is that something that he's capable of doing? And I would give him that opportunity this year to see if that that can be. I, he's not a franchise quarterback. We know that. But can he be a little bit of a, a bridge guy, uh, even if it's just for a month next year, a capable backup? Because I think there's a world based off of what we've just watching them, what they've done with Bailey's cutting him and all these different things they've done with Bailey Zappi. Do they need a starter and a backup quarterback? Like they're, they're, right. That might be the case, and it would be nice to at least see if maybe they don't need one of those two things. All right, Patriots headed to the Meadowlands on Sunday, 1 o'clock kickoff from MetLife. Um, how do they win this game? The Giants 3-8, and eight, struggling just as much as the Patriots. Obviously, they're coming off a big win against Washington. Um, you mentioned the guys on the defensive line, and then obviously you have Saquon Barkley to worry about. So what do the Patriots have to do on both sides of the ball to try and get a win this weekend? Yeah, I think offensively for the Patriots, they have to have a plan against blitz pressure. Like Wink Martindale already brings brings a lot of heat at the quarterback. He's going to do it tenfold, I think, in this game because yep. it's either going to be somebody like Zappy who hasn't started a game yet this year, or it's going to be a broken Mac Jones. And yep. he's just going to look at that and be like, I'm just going to tee off. Like this is just going to be what we're going to do. So uh, whether it's checks the line of scrimmage to check into a screen or check into like a quick game concept, or it's post-snap sight adjustment, the, the quarterback and the receivers have to be on the same page of if they bring this pressure, this is how we're going to beat it, or this is our answer to that pressure. He likes to overload pressure. So you're not always going to be able to just recalibrate the blockers and get it all blocked because he's going to bring more guys than you have to block. So you're going to have to be able to beat the blitz by throwing into the blitz. Right. And that's going to have to be the solution for them. And they have to have a plan for it. That's why I think this is so dicey this week for the Patriots because they don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be. And now they're going to play a defense that's going to make that quarterback think a lot. No matter who it is. And it's just going to be a it, – it doesn't bode well. It doesn't bode well. All right. So final score prediction. Do the Patriots pull one off this weekend? I have the Giants in this game. All right. I have them 16-13. to 13. Okay. I think that two things uh, – the Paisan over there, uh, Tommy DeVito. Yeah. I, I don't think that he's very good, but at least they know who their starting quarterback is, and it's a stable thing week to week where there's no questions in the building about right, right. who's starting this week. Uh, so I think there's something to be said for that. I, I look at their game last week against the Commanders and say that it's probably not replicable to be that good offensively every single week, but can they get to the high teens to just help fend the Patriots off? I think so, and I, I am really concerned about the pressure with this line play, the way the Patriots' offensive line has looked, not having a great plan at quarterback. It, it's just not a defense that you want to go up against with that many broken parts offensively. So I, I like the Giants. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Giants pulled out too. Um, if you're listening to the feed on Six Rings, you heard my prediction yesterday with myself and Andy. Um, Evan, before I let you go, yes, you mentioned – the Patriots don't have a stable quarterback position the Giants do. Or, yeah, quarterback situation the Giants do with questions in the locker room. Do you think the Patriots know who their quarterback is today? Or are they actually sitting there saying, we don't know who we're playing yet? I think they know today. Okay. I think there is a real chance that yesterday... I think that everybody in the organization has to believe that the only path through for Mac Jones is probably a mental reset. Sure. So the question was... Was the bye week enough? And did he come back to practice yesterday and look a little bit more like himself? Mm -hmm. 
or do they need a longer term reset for Mac Jones? So I think yesterday when they got here in the building, they wanted to see how practice went. But today they have practice today, then they have practice Friday. They, they have to have somebody in place for these two days of practice, yeah. I would think. A uh, big third down, red zone, you know, situational stuff right, the right. next couple days. So I, I would say they probably know now. Uh, but I actually think Belichick was somewhat genuine yesterday when he said, you know, we'll find out Sunday, because yeah. I don't think he 100% knew on Tuesday. But by Wednesday, I think they probably know. All right. Well, there you have it. Um, you can follow Evan on Twitter if you don't already, at Easy Lazar. Read all of his Patriots and team coverage at Patriots.com. Evan, thanks so much for joining me. Anytime. Uh, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, as always, to Six Rings and Football Things. Um, listen on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcast. Uh, a reminder that we're powered by FanDuel. Make every moment more at FanDuel and go to FanDuel.com slash six rings uh, to sign up today. Um, we'll be back on the feed. Um, we'll get you back to this episode as well. Um, until then, thanks for listening. And as much as we can try and say it, despite them being two and eight, go Pats. Hi, Bruins fans. Looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.